1: Some trouble.
0: Anybody else's spider sense
1: tingling? Welcome to walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug, and I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Uh,
0: yeah, but I, I have to go use the restroom. I'll be right back.
1: You just sat down. All right, well, I'll just then read this little cool reading thing while you take care of that. To listen to this show, find us on 4 and wherever you get your podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit RevengeLover.com. And, of course, we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons,
0: Bo, Carl, Eric, and Katie. Are you back from the bathroom? I'm just depressed because there's not enough Doc Ock in part three of this uh, Doc Ock four-parter.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this will be something that I bring up next week too, but I think in a in a weird way, and this is coming from somebody who normally doesn't pay attention to the titles of TV episodes, I think it kind of hurt them a little bit to make this a four-parter yeah, it's weird. Uh, titled The Rise of Doc Ock. I think that there are certain things that happen... Uh, more so ne- in next week's episode, uh, that I think would have hit harder if I weren't expecting this to be, uh, a four-part Doc Ock heavy arc. Yeah, because three doesn't have very much, and four does, but you know, expectations were in a certain place and there are like bigger things at play.
0: And four does, but like not even till like the very end, like he's still yeah. screen time wise. I in this a lot. Yeah. Even if, you know, major things happen for him and his presence is felt in ways, but it is weird. Cause it's like a weird, it's a weird thing to complain about. Cause it is like the meta of it. Like it's not the content of the episode, but also, we know what the titles are and the titles are displayed, you know, at the top of the episode. And I don't know exactly how these were advertised if they were, but if they were, they probably advertised it as the rise of Doc Ock. So, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just sort of strange. Like, um, yeah, I, I, that's why, you know, it, it it is like the title of an arc as if you were reading a trade paperback that sometimes has issues that are like majorly part of that. You know what I mean? Like, it almost feels like that. But it is weird because it is still playing into Ock's story, so I don't know. It's just strange. It's
1: it's not not the rise of Doc Ock, and and again, maybe that's more next week's conversation. But like, it's not not the rise of Doc Ock. But I think there are some some things that that would like I said would have hit harder. Um, but I, I we'll get to them when we get to them, I suppose.
0: Ultimately, the first two episodes feel like. A, a part of each like part one and part two of the rise of doc ock do feel like they're of a piece and then part three and part four feel like they're of a piece as well yes. but like a separate story like this feels like its own two-parter in the way that that part one and part two feels like its own two-parter you know what and I, mean? I think
1: the conclusion of this two-parter would have hit better if i thought they were separate two-part episodes yes
0: yeah it's weird i'm I'm
1: like trying not to say that much just in case people haven't watched next week yet
0: (laughs) sure no i mean that's this is all we're going to really say for it because once we dive into the episode there's still a lot going on in this one yeah but that's almost kind of the thing is that like there is a lot happening in these last two episodes of this four-parter oh yeah and whereas the first two episodes i do think even though there was also a lot going on it just was all very centered on on Otto and how it was all sort of affecting him. Like everything that happened still ultimately came back to him and in both part three. And then also what we'll talk about next week, like they kind of like he's, he's a major piece of the puzzle, but it's not centered on him at all. If anything, yeah. both of both this and next week are more centered on Harry than anything else, you mm-hmm. know, um, which is cool. I'm happy to see it, but like the, it's, it's a, it's a weird expectations thing. You have to balance yeah uh and that's, yeah because it makes it hard, kind of confusing going into yeah, it yeah well,
1: because because the episode we're talking about is the rise of doc ock part three like even people who are l- like just listening to us uh for the occasional folks who just listen to us and don't necessarily watch the show like even they know that what we're talking about is doc ock yeah you know so like to to then go into an episode and be like well actually it's kind of more about harry and norman and and some other players that we haven't necessarily talked about in a while like it's it's a little bit weird so i don't know <laughs> If, if you are somebody who does watch along with us, though, presumably you're watching on Disney+. Plus. If you're just getting into it, that's the primary place that you can watch this if you want to watch along with
0: us. Right. Yes, 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 you can. Like we said, we're talking about the 2017 Spider-Man show, season one, episode 17, entitled The Rise of Doc Ock, part three. The synopsis per IMDb is Peter goes to Oz Academy with Harry, hoping to prove that Norman is out to destroy Spider-Man. The day is ruined when the Jackal invades with an army of rhinos. Wow. Yeah. Right there. Mm -hmm. The
1: whole thing right there, everybody. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Original air date, January 28th, 2018, written by Kevin Shinnick and directed by Sol Choi. We know both of them very, very well. Shinnick's the showrunner and Choi directs like every other episode. So nothing nothing new uh, on that front.
1: Yeah. And... We uh, we only get one character introduction here, but I think it's a fun one. This is not a character I knew, but this is a character from the comic, so I had fun reading a, just a little bit about them uh, after the fact. And we're introduced to Ali Osnick, uh, who's voiced by Josh Keaton, who we've talked about already just within the confines of this show because he's Norman, but we've talked about him plenty before uh, because he's Josh Keaton. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Can I can I say something about Ali Osnick real quick cuz I did yeah, also, I was also looking him up cuz it was like a thing where it's like I know the name I guess but I don't really know you know I, I was just reading up a little bit on I just want to formally call out in a bad way put on blast the Marvel database cuz I really don't like how his like introduction to his character bio is written like his very quick sentence of like who he is at his core Oh um,
1: is it is it the one where they're like Oh, he's like a nice but fat kid. Yeah, or no, whatever. the exact <laughs> like, words are, like, Ollie
0: oh <laughs> Osnick was a gifted, in parentheses, albeit overweight, young As if teenager. those things are even related. Right, it's so fucking weird. <laughs> and like, I, I on shoe their defense, I think that they're reflecting probably how the comics went because I know that his a lot of what they do with him is that he is... He is, like, an overweight kid, I guess, in the comics. And then later on, they make it a point to be like, and then he got into exercise and he got fit and now he's a superhero or whatever. Like, that is a thing they do. So I think that they're reflecting, like, the tone of how the comics presented it probably. Mm. But you don't have to do that. And I also don't like the albeit overweight, like, you can, like, it's like, isn't it weird that, like, a gifted kid is fat. Like, like he's gifted, but (laughs) like it's, it sucks. I don't like it.
1: It's, it's, I mean, even if they are reflecting the tone of the comics, I would still say it's bad writing. (laughs) Like I would still say, I still think they're drawn. Even, even if there are characters in the comic that literally say you can't be gifted because you are fat. Like, which would be a wild thing for the comics to do. I'm sure he's ostracized because he's fat or he's big or whatever the case is. I don't know this character very well. Yeah. Um, but like, even if he is ostracized for that reason, I doubt it was presented the way that the 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 wiki does, which is just like he's. No one thought he would be gifted because he's fat. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just that. wild. So R- d- write that differently. Somebody changed that.
0: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're, whoever,
1: we humbly request. <laughs> whoever wrote that,
0: like, I think you need to take a deeper look at yourself and your own personal biases.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. One thing that's weird, though, I mean, I can understand them not necessarily feeling compelled to make that, you know, a part of a part of uh, any given Ollie's story as they move it forward, like that particular like ostracized because he's fat. Mm -hmm. But this Ollie is notably not uh, like a fatter kid. Uh, which is kind of a bummer because Otto is presented as as kind of like a fatter guy, right? Mm-hmm. So like knowing that Ollie ends up idolizing him, I think there's like a f- there's a bit of flavor in there that like oh Ollie is seeing himself in this guy that that not only looks like him uh, or or rather not only is interested in the same things but also like looks like him and maybe he doesn't get respect because he is ostracized sure. for any given reason uh and his hero is smart and looks like it whatever i don't know
0: it's well it's 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 weird the way they use him in this episode is sort of odd because it's like kind of almost he's mostly like in name only outside of the fact that it does that he does obviously seem to like kind of idolize this version of Otto to an extent, but probably a lot more tempered than in the comics, but Mm -hmm. like his power set, I don't think any superhero or supervillain like, power set he's ever had like he's been like you know the the sort of like kid ock and spider kid kind of thing and then i think the most recent one as far as i could tell was the steel spider
1: mm-hmm. that's, what I, that's what i saw too
0: right and none of like in this episode he has like hover discs or whatever like there's nothing i don't know like what he is or who he is in this i'm
1: okay with it i think it's i think that's more interesting personally i like, mean sure no that's that's <laughs> not, not having read his story right just based purely on like does he have a power set derivative of somebody else or is he doing his own thing i get why his power sets are derivative in the comics it's part of the story yeah uh, but not knowing as somebody who doesn't know that i i think it's more interesting that's that's fair for him to have his own thing
0: yeah it's just no but but i guess that was more to to your point of like his design you know like they they just make him just like a pretty just a slender teenager in this so it's yeah. sort of like he really doesn't reflect yeah Ollie like not even remotely
1: a chubby kid
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, he's really they pretty really notably
1: aren't. uh the opposite of a chubby kid
0: <laughs> yeah he's just th- this this is very much like they're the, a big you know departure from the comics mm-hmm. version of him, pretty much so
1: yeah 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 it is it is
0: but but still uh admires
1: auto so yeah fair.
0: so there's at least that one element so that's that's um uh, it's cool that they still like kind of keep that in there. Yeah.
1: Anyway, yeah. let's. Uh, we've talked a lot about Ollie uh, without even getting into the episode, so let's get into the episode. We're
0: not going to really talk <laughs> about him anymore after that, yeah. honestly.
1: <laughs> Good point. That was the right time, I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, this episode opens with Spider-Man spying on Norman Osborn and Oscorp. While Norman is reviewing videos of an interaction with Spencer Smythe, great timing on Spider-Man's mm-hmm. part. Honestly, it's yeah. it's it is very funny because this is. Um I forget what episode it actually happened in, but like, this is a thing that we had witnessed episodes and episodes and episodes ago that had happened. So he's reviewing this footage of when Spencer Smythe's robot invaded and basically gives a bunch of exposition uh, so Spider-Man's able to watch this through his like infrared lens- lenses because he can't just watch through the window because they're like specially tinted windows, but he can mm-hmm. still see through them and I guess he has good hearing with his uh like special audio sensors as well in his costume i, I, I don't. Know. I mean
1: i don't think that that heat vision or infrared vision would have given a clear picture on a screen either so yeah none of it whatever tech it he's sense. using yeah. is magic
0: it's some horizon high magic stuff whatever either <laughs> way he is able they could have just solved it by not doing the tinted windows thing and just had him spying through a he's window on
1: the side of a skyscraper yeah like, I, <laughs> it, it, you don't need to tint your windows. It's fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess I can see you could point to it being like a Norman Osborne like being yeah. yeah I think Spider-Man. that is what It, it is, makes yeah. sense. But it is just funny because it's sort of like they added this extra... Uh, this extra obstruction that they had to write around and the way they write around it like does not make any scientific well, sense or I mean, like, whatever <laughs> even from a storytelling
1: standpoint like he already has to climb a skyscraper to get there like yeah. you've had I, i'm with you like you didn't need to add an obstacle
0: yeah 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 but either way Somehow magically he's able to like see and receive all of this information, which on the video is like very much confirming, oh, Norman was responsible for Harry getting expelled from Horizon High. He actually had Harry framed. That really sucks. And that's actually very valuable information to know. Mm-hmm. Um, He figures like, oh, well, I have this info, though. Uh, This is pretty, pretty huge. So I can sort of use this to enlist Harry to help take Norman down. And unfortunately, before he can like do anything or see it further or get the data, uh, it looks like Norman deletes the footage. Uh, but Spidey's like, "Well, did he really delete it, or is there like a main server that's in Oz Academy or in OzCorp that maybe we could, I could, I could use to recover it?" So he figures he can ask Harry for help locating that main locating that main server where that video footage might be stored or housed. Yeah. One thing, my <laughs> first thought here with all of this was. A lot of Spidey's troubles could be prevented if in his high tech suit, he also had like a video camera recording things. Mm. So when there are things happening, like Norman Osborn explicitly telling him, your days are numbered. I'm going to kill you, Spider-Man. He could just show Harry that video. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I, I, I won't say a whole lot about it yet because it'll keep coming up. But I feel like a lot of uh, Spider-Man's problems here uh, result in just like him being convinced that like he needs to go to Harry immediately right. instead of doing literally anything before going to Harry. Yeah, and it's because it's because he just doesn't have anything to bring to him, and he just goes. I just I feel like a lot of a lot of Spider-Man's problems are his own fault, and and I know that's a a, <laughs> a dicey thing to say, but like. I feel like he causes a lot of his own problems in these couple episodes. No, he
0: really does. He just handles everything very poorly. So bad. And it's like, I don't know. I, I have space for this like 15-year-old kid yeah. learning that his best friend's dad is out to kill him and just like being very, very scared about that and wanting to just solve this problem and make it be over. Like I kind of get that. Like and and even though we haven't really seen it a lot, early on in this show, Peter was like very manic and like was very like like his whole kind of his personality trait was just being very like energetic and kind of all over the place and everything. So I could sort of seeing it be the be kind of an attention span thing almost where it's just like, you know what? Uh this is a thing. I've got to just deal with it right now. <laughs> like I've got to solve it. Like I kind of get that. Um, that and
1: and we've seen him and Miles like uh, in in many circumstances be smart but not wise
0: yeah so I buy it it is just I don't know it's 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 hard it's just a, it's just like there's a lot of suspension of disbelief I think you have to have as a viewer to allow the dramatic stuff to happen I guess and I'm willing I'm like I'm I'm very open to that but it is sort of like at the end of the day, I I don't know. Uh, we'll maybe we'll talk about it even more next week. But it's sort of like where it all goes. I like where it all lands, but like I don't know if it's the most seamless way to get where it has to go with everything with Peter and Harry in these episodes.
1: I'm, I'm I don't know. I I I don't have major issues, and maybe maybe my mind will be changed as we get through it because it sounds like you and I aren't quite exactly. I don't have the same major isu- I don't have major like, issues.
0: It's just like a lot of just like. You have a, I don't know. It's like it's like nitpicky stuff, but it's like nitpicky stuff that compounds on it. Like I know, like the video taping thing was. Ki- I kind of said that in jest. Like it doesn't really matter, but at the same no, time, it's you're also right. like and I think- he's it's a high tech suit. We just saw that auto recorded stuff on his tentacles in the last episode. Like you have to basically make sure you have to write it specifically so that Peter very particularly doesn't put this very basic technology in his suit to make any of this work. And it's kind of just I don't know. There's I feel like there's a lot of little things like. That that you just kind of have to get over in order to to let it work for dramatic effect. Ultimately, you know.
1: Yeah, and the distinction I want to make is that I think a lot of Peter's problems in these episodes are his own fault, but I don't think the writers are doing a bad job. Sure, I think they're doing a good job writing a kid who's not very good at this yet. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So no, like, I think that's. I think yeah. when I say I don't have major issues, I mean like I don't have major issues with like the way the episodes are written or anything. I just have issues with the characters' choices. You know, yeah. <laughs> where I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, but who knows? Maybe maybe it'll fall apart a little bit the more we talk about it. But
0: I hope not. Um, I mean, I don't know. I I do I do like these. I like I like this episode a lot. I think there's a lot of really cool good stuff in it, and it is interesting to see it unfold here. There's just a lot going on in this one, I guess, really, ultimately. yes. Yes. So Spider-Man swings
1: over to Harry's lab because his first reaction is like, oh, my God, I I now know for certain that Norman's a bad guy. Like, I got to let Harry know and I got to get Harry in on this. Whether that's a good idea or not is debatable, but <laughs> yeah. the impulse is there. And, uh, of course, as we probably would expect, Harry is not into this, uh, and immediately calls security, which does surprise Spider-Man, uh, because he is so excited and he is like, well, of course he's going to want to hear this. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't at all. Uh, and Spider-Man ends up in a battle with some Oscorp security drones over the city because Harry's like you're trespassing, yeah. so I guess I'll I'll drive you out and kill you over the city.
0: I think that's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> me too.
1: <laughs> I, it's I, so funny to me. He's like you're trespassing by probably about twelve inches. Uh, so i'm now going to run you right. out with these drones uh over New york city it's so funny like <laughs> which I, is firmly established they've they kind of established with the vulture that like airspace i guess is nobody's I guess like, so. it's just, yeah it's weird that's not how really really how it works but this show uh operates that way
0: yeah no it's a funny idea i don't i know i don't particularly care for drone fights i think they're usually really boring this one's super fast so it's not a big deal but yeah. just the the fact that harry's just like he doesn't even give him an inch man like it's just like, Mm-mm. I see Spider-Man, I'm out for blood now. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And to be fair, I guess he is like, you know, encroaching on where Harry lives. No, he's at the school. I guess he doesn't live at the school. I mean, he's approaching on Harry's space. So I, I get mean, it. He-
1: Probably does live there. Probably does live there, I guess so. <laughs> I'm sure the Osborns live there. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I get what you're saying. And like yeah. Spider Man should know or, or Peter should know that this doesn't work from a Spider Man's perspective. And he does recognize <laughs> that. Like he does catch on, like, oh yeah, maybe that was a dumb idea because Harry does hate Spider Man. So okay. JK, maybe I should do this as Peter. And he decides that he's going to bring it up over breakfast, which also is funny to me because I thought this was going to be the next day. No, 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 This is all like very early in the morning. Like he goes to Oscorp and both Norman and Harry are up like very early working in <laughs> their office and lab with enough time then for Harry to meet Peter for, for their breakfast. Y'all
0: go to bed. <laughs> what are you doing? You're teenagers. You need right? To sleep.
1: Right. Wow. And Osborne, wow. like, Norman's, like, 40 or something. He needs to sleep even more. Yeah.
0: <laughs> also, can you imagine, like first thing in the morning, you're having breakfast and that's when like the news is broken to you of just like, I think your dad's like evil or something like, (laughs)
1: like bro, I haven't even eaten yet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like I just came in
1: here to check on the thing that was running overnight. Can you give me a
0: moment? (laughs) Don't, don't try to convince me that my dad's a super (laughs) villain before I've had my coffee, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cause that's what Peter does. They're at breakfast. They're having their French toast or whatever. And Peter's just very quickly just like, Harry I think well okay uh,
1: I he, think this is so bad you got to go through the whole thing because yeah, I no, think he handles right. it let's so poorly start
0: <laughs> let's start from that you're right I'm I'm glad you broke this down in the notes and I, I commend you for that because I think it is step by step it's it starts off not great it only gets worse it starts off with uh Harry if I had a secret but I knew it would really upset you would you still want to hear it which like I Who's see, gonna say no? Right, and also like I and I do see like what Peter what Peter's thought process is for that. But anyone who hears that is gonna think that it's like something very specifically about like if Peter is saying that Harry's gonna think it's something about Peter that he's going to tell him, right? Like mm-hmm. that's just gonna be like, oh, I stole I, like I I you know I stole your Game Boy or something like that. Like <laughs> that's what you're that's what you're expecting. But then he pivots to your dad can't be trusted. Which is the vaguest that's, that's thing. That's the
1: secret. What 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 did you think was gonna happen when you said your dad can't be trusted? The, and it's with so what? Vague, how, how? In is, what context? And
0: Harry is rightfully just like <laughs> what are you talking about? What does that mean? And Peter's like, Well, I think Norman is trying to destroy Spider-Man. And Harry's just like, Well, as everyone in the entire world knows, I hate Spider-Man, so that's actually Amazing news, my dad's a hero, let's throw him a parade. Thanks, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> like you just l-
1: probably less than an hour ago were like, oh that's right, Harry hates Spider-Man, so I shouldn't do this uh as Spider-Man. Hey, by the way, your dad's bad because he hates Spider-Man. Huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very, very silly. It's very, very silly. Um and then Peter just casually throws out the thing that I think he should have opened with in a yes. way and he should have, op- he should have de- presented it in a different way, no matter what, but he still should have opened with it. Then he's just like, well, also, uh, I think Norman might have gotten you kicked out of horizon high. Uh, and Harry is just like, what, <laughs> what does that mean? How, how do you know this? What proof do you have? And Peter's just like, uh, I don't know, I don't really have anything, it's just like a hunch, I guess, I just feel yeah. like that's what's happening.
1: What makes like- it especially bad is, like, Harry's pretty chill, and is like, okay, that's a weird thing to say, but, like, do you have proof that, like, can I look at something? Like, like he's willing to hear what Peter has to say, but Peter has nothing more to say! <laughs> like, he's just like, I, th- I think? Like, it's just... Oh, he botches it so bad. (laughs) Peter,
0: you could have just lied and said you saw a video, made up a story about how you saw a video of it. And it's still like, it's not, and it wouldn't be like great. Like, I still think he should have like done more before he came to Harry in the first place. But like, at least like you could have... Because that wasn't a lie, like you did see video footage of it, you just sort of lied about the circumstances in which you saw it. But, like, yeah. it, you just present it like it's just a random idea that you had waking up in the middle of the night one night. Like, that's kind of yeah. how it is. What do you think? And, man? like I
1: said earlier, the writers do a great job making this kid absolutely terrible at what he's trying to do. <laughs> oh man, he fucks it up so hard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's really bad.
1: (laughs) But he does say this thing. Like, he he doesn't have anything left to say. So he's just like, okay, well, no, I don't have proof. But Harry, like, just remember, people aren't always who they seem to be. And that's going to be a really important line throughout this episode.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Harry is, like you said, he's, like, surprisingly chill about all of this. Even though Harry is, I mean, Peter is truly just saying incredibly bizarre things. (laughs) But he's just like... Okay. I mean, that's fine. But how about I'm going to prove to you that my dad's a good guy by having you spend the day with me at Oz Academy, uh, specifically because Horizon High is still being uh, repaired because of the whole lizard, kaiju lizard falling on it (laughs) like a week ago. Um, Mm -hmm. So since Horizon is closed and Peter doesn't have a school to go to right now, he can spend the day at Oz Academy. So... It's still like kind of it's it's very it's very funny to me because like it makes sense why he's doing this, but I do try to imagine what Harry's thinking would happen. Like Peter goes there and just sees that the like I I am I'm just very curious like what Harry thinks was going to happen in the best case scenario. Like does Peter just see how cool the school is and is like Norman did this, so obviously he's great, or did he really think that like? peter would walk in on norman performing a miracle or something like that like i am just very curious what like the good version of this would have been from harry's perspective ultimately i well
1: i think harry it's we still have not seen norman be consistently a dick to harry and if he has misstepped he's this is a norman that's willing to apologize right so like true yeah i think he just thinks that like Peter doesn't know Norman very well. And so if he goes there and Norman is involved in the students' lives and he cares about the school. And again, like Harry believes that Norman made this school for him Mm -hmm. as like vindication uh, for what happened to to Harry. Like, I really think he just thinks Peter will see him just like existing and that'll be enough. Like, it it is kind of wild, but like, I, I bet you that's all he thinks.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Poor Harry, like being just so optimistic about this, you know, but I don't blame I, him. Yeah, I get where he's coming from. Although I, if I was in his shoes, I'd just be like, Peter, I don't want to talk to you for the rest of the day because you're being really fucking weird. But so props to him for like being very nice to Peter in spite of all of this yeah. and still wanting to spend the entire day with him. Well, um, he has
1: he has the I think he has the idea that like Peter has just like a weird fixation and like he just needs to have his perception broken a little bit. So sure. I,
0: I, you know, so maybe that's why, where he's just
1: like, my friend's being so weird and he doesn't have to be weird. If he just comes here, like he'll stop being weird.
0: That is funny though, because it is, that's almost exactly what Peter is doing, trying to do with Harry too. Like both of them are sort of trying or approaching it sort of being like, they have a very particular perspective that I know in my whole heart they're wrong about. And I'm trying to do everything I can to prove that they're wrong Without like ruining our friendship, like doing it in like sort of the most, the sort of nicest, most polite friendshipy way possible, you know, like they're both trying to be kind to each other with what they're doing. But I think that like all it does on Harry's end is sort of build up the resentment more and more, the more he gets sort of involved in this stuff.
1: Yeah, I I think I think, again, like as frustrating as these two characters are being, I think the writers have done a really good, delicate job crafting them as parallel characters who are kind of doing the same thing. They're both insisting something really, really stubbornly without being able to back themselves up at all. Like Mm -hmm. and and Peter is specifically coming for a family member of Harry. So we're sort of I think it's weird because like you could be inclined to be like, stop Going so hard at Harry, Peter, you're being a weirdo, but at the same time, like we're fans of Spider man, so like we know,, yeah. but when you really break it down, if you try to put it in a vacuum, like they're pretty much doing the exact same thing to each other,
0: yeah, and you know the whole the whole show's been built on their relationship, and it's yeah. very I mean, up until now, Peter has been able to they they've even when they've disagreed, they've always just been like, but we're best friends at the end of the day, right, so like Peter has no reason no reason to think that approaching Harry with this bizarre, ridiculous information that anything really bad would come of it. Even if Harry, if he doesn't convince Harry right this moment, they should theoretically still be fine at the end of it because they always are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that goes, Peter. Um
1: (laughs) I do love this premise though. Like I will say, like I love, I love that they get to a point where it's like, okay, Peter spends a day at the school we know is breeding villains. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a very <laughs> fun idea. That.
0: It's a very fun idea. So when he gets there, we basically get, you know, we see all the villi- all the kind of recurring villains on our show. Adrian Toomes is there. Alistair Smythe is there. Norman Osborne is there. They're just sort of like hanging out in the atrium for some reason. And he's just like, hmm, was this a good idea? I don't know. <laughs> Should I have done this? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I love this, though. He also runs into Otto Octavius. And Otto, being a new faculty member there, like forgets where he is for a moment and just like yells at Peter for being late to class as if Peter's a student there before realizing like, wait, you aren't even a student here. What are you doing here? It's, yeah, and I just like that. I thought it was fun.
0: Yeah, I like it, too. It's, it's cute. So speaking of Otto, the first class that we see is Otto's class, which is Harry's mechanical engineering class that he's in. And Peter meets, this is where he meet Ali Osnick, whose specialty is manipulation of metal alloys with a focus on steel. Because he's a mm-hmm. steel spider in the comics, so that's a fun little connection. Um, he shows off a couple of his uh, steel hover discs. That he uses as a floating chair, which is pretty cool. I like that yeah. <laughs> idea a lot. Yeah. I think his powers are
1: cool. Well, I, or right. his uh, his tech is cool. He yeah, really yeah. Have
0: powers. His tech's neat. Yeah, um, and just the class starts like literally right at the top of class. Like Otto hasn't even been able to like tell them what page to turn to. And Norman's like, "Hey, interrupting your class, so Otto, I need to speak to you in the hallway," uh, which is really rude. And when he does that, Peter also takes the opportunity to excuse himself because he wants to eavesdrop on him. That's when there's the exchange where he's like, oh, uh, I got to use the restroom. And Harry's just like, dude, you, you literally just sat down. Come on. You just got here. <laughs> Which I'm like, oh, that's so real, though. I feel like that's me everywhere I go. As soon as they get yeah. there, got to use the restroom. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> got to pee. So Norman uh, is kind of prying into how Otto's arms are working. And he's sort of asking like. So did they have a fail safe? And Otto is sort of like immediately like kind of clocks it as being sort of weird and is very skeptical about it. And Norman's whole deal is like, well, I just need to know to like make improvements or whatever. And Otto's like, well, <laughs> they don't need improvements. And also these arms are part of me. So you're not gonna, you don't have to do anything, dude. Like you're not going to mass market them. You're not going to work on them. This is, this is all me, man.
1: Yeah. I really like the, I really like Otto's reaction to all this because it's a few things. One, he's like, he's insulted at the idea that his tech could be improved, right? That's going to be the case for anything Otto works on. And mm-hmm. so I like that that's just, you know, we've talked about, even though this is very different, his ego is still there. Yeah. But also there's like this weird little, like, even though Otto works for Norman Osborn, one of the like, probably richest and most successful businessmen in New York, he still is like, you can't have my arms for your corporation like he says corporate gain with such venom in his mouth and I'm like yes
0: (laughs) like you might be a
1: little egomaniac and you're probably a bad guy Mm -hmm. but also you hate corporations as much as I do
0: I love that (laughs) also like Norman is being such a weirdo in that scene too because he's trying to do his manipulative Norman thing where he's like talking around things but like he's, he's like abnormally obvious about it and like Otto is just like dude what are you doing? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I know you just, you're not at, you, why are you asking me these very weird and oddly specific questions? What, what's the specific decibel that you use for, mm-hmm. for controlling your yeah. arms? Like, well, why you, would you ask me that in the hallway? Weirdo. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Because he's like, he's like, oh, is there a failsafe in case, you know, like, I don't know, one of your arms wasn't cooperating with the other three? And Otto's like, what are you talking about? It's really like, weird. Like, I don't need that. They're literally a part of me. And I also, a thing that's neat about the way that Otto talks about his arms is, like, he talks about them as if they're a part of him, but he talks about them as if they're not just, like, fused to him, but that they are parts of his body now, yeah, which like is part that. of what his disgust is at 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 Norman trying to capitalize them mm-hmm. because I think as Otto sees it, he's trying to monetize Otto's like body through science, which is like a fucking weird thing to do. So it, there's a lot packed into that one interaction that I really, really appreciate. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't not matter. Like it all will sort of come around in some way, shape or form. Like all the, all that they pack in there uh, despite it being a short interaction uh, pays off, which is, which is cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like it.
1: So Norman excuses Otto, and Peter's like, well, I could follow Otto back to class, or I could follow Norman. So naturally, he follows Norman, and he's like, well, Harry's going to expect me to be occupied. Bro, you just said you were going to pee. Like, how yeah. long to, How long is he going to think you're gone peeing?
0: <laughs> like, actually, Harry, I just take, I had to take a full-on shit, man. Yeah, sorry. sorry, dude. <laughs> sorry. I came
1: to to Oz Academy and just dropped the biggest deuce. Um, But no big deal. Uh, Anyway, he follows Norman into a a locked lab, which Peter finds strange uh, because, as he says, it's a locked lab in an already super secure building. So what is Norman trying to hide? Um, And sure enough, (laughs) I was shocked that it was this straightforward. Uh, Sure enough, Peter finds an entire lab full of folks not only studying Spider-Man, but also working on a massive remote version of Otto's tentacles. Uh, that require the fail-safe info from Norman's conversation with Otto just moments ago. (laughs) In fact, one of the tentacles is not cooperating with the other three. So (laughs) Norman wasn't just poking around for information. It was like a legitimate immediate problem (laughs) that he couldn't tell Otto about. (laughs) It's like, oh, wow. Peter, you just found
0: everything you were looking for. It's very funny. Peter stumbles into so much like important information in this episode like constantly by accident at the exact right time
1: <laughs> which I think would bother me in an episode that wasn't fully about Peter's inability to organize that information and 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 communicate it to Harry right mm-hmm. like in most other scenarios I would I would be way more upset that Peter is like, I need to find the evidence, and then just literally falls into the evidence, because it's so firmly established right off the bat that he's going to fuck up presenting this to Harry. Okay. Like, Actually, you know what I mean?
0: Like, I like that take a lot, because that was the thing that bothers me in this episode, is that like it is very... There's so many coincidences in this episode, like it, it, too many, arguably. And I think I I think this is like <laughs> Spider-Man three levels of like random coincidences happening just to like for the sake of like sort of smoothing over a convoluted plot. But I do like your take on it, where it's almost in a way, it's almost like the universe kind of fucking with them a little bit. It's sort of like here we're gonna Kinda. hand you this information, and then you're gonna fuck it up, and then we're gonna take it right away. Oh, you found this great evidence. Sorry, it's just gonna get destroyed uh, as soon yeah. as you try to revisit it because you didn't uh, relay it in the right way or you. You didn't you didn't record it in the right way. You didn't try to like do anything else like you made all the wrong decisions. So, nope, we're taking it back, man. Like, it's kinda, kind of I kind of I do kind of appreciate it better in that thinking of it that way.
1: And and I think it could be done more elegantly, but I think I think that is is an unexpected thing I appreciate about this episode, where it's like, Mm -hmm. all right, fine, give him whatever you want. He's not going to do it right. (laughs) Like he's he's not going to get it right. That
0: yeah, that does help a lot because that was one of the things that I was alluding to at the top of the episode. Of it's just like the only reason a lot of this like goes wrong is because goes goes right or wrong is because of coincidences. But if it's sort of it almost like plays into this like larger larger theme. Of Spider-Man just handling everything badly at every turn, uh, it in a way that is definitely intentional. So I, I do, I do like that. Yeah, it that's, could that's be interesting.
1: more, it could be more artful, and it could call back to. And they're never going to call back to this, but it could. They they could have done it more artfully by calling back to his like pilot or even pre-pilot ruminations on chance you know like sure, there's yeah. something they could have played with there but I, you know we're however many episodes into this they've probably forgotten they dedicated an entire like five minute short to the idea of chance
0: yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah. <laughs> anyway
1: he finds all this stuff and you're like well surely he's going to be able to do plenty with this, right? Well, spoiler mm. alert, wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the ax stuff, that's not even all he finds. He finds even more stuff. He finds every, honestly, every bit of evidence that he'd ever yeah. needs yeah. and uh, that, he, that he ends up doing absolutely fuck all with uh, Norman. Norman then of course just happens to be like, Hey, by the way, you know, that spider detector we were coming up with uh, the thing that's going to detect Spider-Man. The scientist's like, yeah, it's going great. And Norman's like, well, the spider detector says that Spider-Man's in the room with him and clearly that's not the case. And Peter's like, and I oop.
1: <laughs> okay, this is, was, Peter fucks up a lot in these episodes. Harry, I think more understandably fucks up in these episodes. There is no excuse for Norman Osborn, the most paranoid man about a spider army on this planet, to see that the reader says Spider-Man's in the room and not investigate right you know what spider-man can do norman osborne what the fuck are you doing also not like, even looking around
0: yeah i would almost i wouldn't i think it would have been funny if he or funny or, or even like more in character if he like was like are one of my scientists secretly spider-man and like like went after someone else oh, that would have been funny something. yeah
1: you totally could have done that yeah they
0: totally could have it, it i think the 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 least likely scenario is what he ends up doing which is like well clearly it's just not working so right it's clearly defective it's like come on man you're smarter than that yeah my the
1: scientist just goes along with it he's like yeah i gu- you're right i guess it must be a glitch
0: yeah <laughs> honestly i think that's funny the, uh, but the, the 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 best slash kind of worst but smash slash kind of best thing to me in this is that like When he is lecturing his staff about the whole spider army that Raymond Warren's coming up with, that he's obsessed with, scientists sort of like, well, that's fine because we've got the Spider Killer 3000 designed just to kill Spider-Man. And Peter's listening and he's like, oh, my God, it's a robot designed to destroy me specifically. But when they demonstrate what it is, it's literally just like it literally is just like a missile launcher shooting a missile. (laughs) Yeah, like that would kill anybody. I don't. Yeah. Mean, it's not really specifically de- designed for Spider-Man. It's just <laughs> a weapon of warfare that would kill yeah. anyone,
1: <laughs> pretty much.
0: But they do fire it at a uh, at like a dummy that is just painted to look like Spider-Man. I guess so. Mm-hmm. You know, I very wonder funny. if it's <laughs>
1: I wonder if it's because this these episodes in particular. I, I don't know if they did it as much throughout the rest of the series, and I'm just noticing it now. But these this episode and the next episode do the never say kill thing so many uh, times. Yeah. So I do wonder if the fact that it is literally just a missile is their way of being like, it's not a laser though, right? Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> but you're right, like, it would kill literally anyone. <laughs>
0: How is it specially designed to kill Spider-Man? It's 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 I guess it's sort of weird that they throw that out there because there's already spider slayers that exist that are yeah. things that like they're cool robots. That makes sense to have specially designed things that to that would be able to be used functionally to only go to to specifically functionally kill Spider-Man. You know, so it's weird to be like, well, we're yeah. coming up with another robot that's even more specifically designed to kill Spider-Man by firing a missile at him. Like I, it, they, you, <laughs> I don't know. You all they need needed it.
1: to do was tie it to the the Spider detector. And basically say like, oh, don't worry about it. Once the spider detector is working, our spider killer missile, yeah, you know, will sure. be hundred percent effective or whatever. Yeah,
0: there you go. That's, then it's that's, a, it's a
1: tracking missile, and then there's your
0: story. That's probably what the like kind of intention is. Like, I think that that makes sense. But the way that they the way they present it, ain't oh, that. it's not clear. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All that's clear is that it's a missile. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> our spider killer, and it's just a uh-huh. gun that shoots somebody. Like, <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. Well, this is,
1: okay, so this is where the episode fully takes a turn that I could never have expected, no. and I threw all my expectations out the window, because mm-hmm. I really thought this was going to be like, okay, this is the rise of Doc Ock, right? So even though we're getting some of this Harry Norman stuff, because we're constantly getting that, really what this episode is is going to be about, okay, Otto's just gone to Oz Academy, and this is our way of of. Basically, seeing how that's going through Peter's eyes, right? That's mm. what I thought this episode was going to be, and then Alexi shows up <laughs> like so Alexi Sitsevich shows up, and we know him because he's been Rhino, and we haven't seen him since I don't believe, but he's here at Oz academy and a security guard is like, hey, do you are you allowed to be in the hall? Do you have a hall pass? And Alexei's like, no, I don't have my hall pass. So there's a part of me that's like, am I forgetting that he went to Oz Academy? I'm pretty sure he didn't go to Oz Academy. And then he continues to act weird and starts like slapping people on the shoulder. And then you see that he's actually like slapping little like buttons, kind of like these little pins onto people's shoulders that are kind of reminiscent of the pin that Raymond Warren stuck alexi with so it's like this is bizarre like where i don't understand what's happening with this episode at all but it it, spoiler alert it goes exactly where you would think if you think this is gonna be uh, a, a repeat of alexi's story or an echo of alexi's story ultimately harry sees alexi here peter sees alexi here and they're like wait he doesn't he doesn't go here what's going on and when the security guard catches on and is like wait yeah you don't go here alexi turns into the rhino. And then starts rhinoing about. And I I just had no idea what this was gonna have to do with yeah, anything. <laughs> who
0: who would know, Who could guess? My favorite thing is that the way that like Alexis clothes rips, clothes rip uh, like the way his shirt is, like specifically under his jacket, it makes it look like he's wearing like, a tube top under his jacket. Yeah. And I find that very cute.
1: You're just wearing a little halter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you
1: know. But yeah, I just was like totally caught off. I just I had no idea. No clue was unprepared and had no idea what was happening. Why would
0: you, why would anybody?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's not bad. I just was like, what? Yep. (laughs) So we have a rhino on our hands, right? We do. And Peter obviously is like, okay, well I'm at Oz Academy. This is going to be a tough, a tough situation. I can't just like change into Spider-Man here, but Oh wait, maybe I could, if I could just get into another room. So Peter, like as Peter jumps on Rhino Uh, which, you know, it's, it's somebody he knows. It's like a classmate of his So like, whatever. Um, And naturally the Rhino like throws him into another room. So he suits up as Spidey. And just as he arrives as Spider-Man, Norman is releasing these Octobots that we saw him developing uh, in that lab to stop Rhino. And Otto's like, wait, what the fuck do you mean? You have Octobots. Excuse me. That's my technology. You stole that from me to make matters worse. The Octobots totally suck. Rhino destroys, like, a bunch of them immediately, Uh, but they do just, yeah, they're basically useless, but they do distract Rhino enough that Spider-Man can, like, catch Rhino off guard and, like, stop him by electrocuting him. Uh, I guess by throwing him into like a broken security panel. So yeah, they, they don't do what they're supposed to do, but they allow Spider-Man to do what he needs to do.
0: That's true. They're just like cannon fodder kind of,
1: yeah, (laughs) it's not really what they were meant to do, but good for (laughs) Spidey, I guess.
0: Yeah. 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 But I guess since it was like a security panel that Rhino like gets electrocuted in that also like shuts down all of security for all of Oz Academy. (laughs) so seems like a
1: bad security system
0: that's true yeah you just sort of damage one panel and the entire skyscraper is just fully vulnerable like maybe you could have designed that better man all of that i i guess this i guess getting that smashed and damaged was part of the jackal's plan because he's able to use that, that uh, opportunity to show up
1: oh the jackal shows up
0: yeah <laughs> it's been a long time since i saw so, him huh he just kind of pops up kind of most kind of out of nowhere uh,
1: yeah. So a lot's happened to recap. Peter accuses Harry's dad of being a bad guy. So Harry says, "You know what Peter? Come to Oz Academy. Otto's there." So like cool. Then the Rhino shows up and then the Jackal shows up.
0: <laughs> Again, huge coincidence that Peter happens to be here on the day of like the villain jamboree. Mm-hmm. I'm here for I'm here for it cuz it's honestly it's fun to have all these characters in the same place, ultimately. Yeah, I um, mean
1: that kind of coincidence makes a story worth telling, in my mind. Yeah,
0: I, I think that that's that's fine. I, yeah, I think that that ultimately works in because fa- this is this is just bananas. Like again, yeah. no no clue that the direction of the episode was going here. Uh, and... Because I'm
1: still expecting it to be about Otto Octavius choosing to be Doc Ock. Yeah, <laughs> I'm expecting yeah. it to be a, a bad day for a do- for doctor, like Doctor Octavius. Like that's what I thought this was going to be. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's and it's I mean, it's kind of a good day for him, actually. <laughs> so he gets to do some cool shit. So he's killing it because uh first of all, I guess before we get to there, Jackal's being an asshole because he's like, thanks for the assist, Spider-Man. So everyone's just like, oh, Spider-Man really is working for the Jackal. And Spider-Man's just like, wait, no, no, I'm not here with him. Stop. Stop. And then Jackal threatens, like, my spider army is coming. And so both Harry and Norman's sort of uh, fears and, 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 uh, you know, assumptions are sort of strengthened here that Spider Man works for Jackal and is a bad guy. And the Jackal is forming a spider army that Spider Man is part of. So everything's bad on every end, basically. <laughs> um, Norman's like, well, Okay, but this is my school for supervillains, so there are a lot of supervillains here who can fight you, Jackal, so you are outnumbered. However, Jackal just pushes a button, and then all the students with those like weird little needle transmitters also turn into rhinos. So now there are a whole cluster of rhinos in Oz Academy, and it is just a whole actual like supervillain war breaking out right now. Cool.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. Um, well, it's yeah. rhinos versus octobots at the moment.
0: At the moment. At the moment. Yes, that's true. That's true. And they start rampaging. Spider-Man saves Harry. But Harry is just like, no. no. Oh, God. What is the what is that line that Harry in Spider-Man 2 ha- has? Where he's like, you you humiliated me by touching me or something. It's like that energy that Harry <laughs> has with Spider-Man. It's just like, don't save me. You're a bad person. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's it's I guess it's kind of what you expect at this point with Harry and Spider-Man, but yeah. He just like throws like physically throws Spider-Man off of him. Yeah. <laughs> so as expected, the rhinos make quick work of the remaining Octobots because one rhino was enough to take on a bunch of Octobots. Uh a bunch of rhinos is, is gonna do an even better job. And and Norman's like, What the hell, Otto? You said that this this tech was indestructible. And Otto's like, yeah. When I'm in control of it, dipshit. So Otto takes matters into his own hands and uh, basically screams at all these rhinos. You'll rue the day you entered this school. Science created you, but science will bring you down. So he's still in like the octopus wordy, like bad at being witty hero mode. And I love it. (laughs) I love it so much and uh, he's not not doing a bad job like he's uh he's taken out a bunch of rhinos pretty much uh by himself but Ollie's there too and Otto's his hero so Ollie's like wait this is fucking cool Dr. Octavius is taking on a bunch of rhinos. He's using his tech. I have tech. Maybe I can help. And then he turns to Alistair Smythe and Adrian Toomes and says, maybe you can help too. We've all got tech. Let's all protect the school. And an all-out brawl basically breaks out between like all these Oz Academy people and their tech and Raymond Warren's weird troll rhino mutants. <laughs> it's like so weird. absolute utter chaos. Yeah. And I just like was my job. Like, I just was like in absolute awe of like the sheer chaos of what was going yeah. on.
0: <laughs> it just and It's like all of these unprepared. Right. I mean, it's like all these things that have been like established before. Like it's not nothing of this is like out of nowhere, Yeah, but so many of these elements we haven't seen for such a long time that it's almost like, yeah, I guess, they have built all of this up, haven't they? Like well, it's, it's all funny because, the right now. Yeah,
1: well it's funny because we're not used to shows playing with so many pieces, right? Like Spectacular yeah. is the only show that's played with so many pieces at once. And so when this show puts something sort of aside, I kind of it's not that I forget about it, but it, it doesn't necessarily do as smooth of a job all the time of like just having characters sort of weave in and out of things as Spectacular did. But it is doing a good job of, like, not forgetting things. Mm-hmm. So, like, Adrian Toomes does still work at Oz Academy. We did just see him at the beginning of this episode. We established who Ollie was and what his relationship to Otto is. So, Ollie turns to Adrian Toomes, who we already know is there, and says, hey, you got tech, right? And we're like, yeah, you do have tech. And we know that, you like, legally you're allowed to use it. So, like, it all it all fits. Like, it all makes sense. It's just... Wildly, not at all anything I could have predicted happening. Like, it just, yeah, right? It's, How? it's, it's like, we have all the pieces. Let's throw all of them on the board uh, and not in the finale. <laughs>
0: like, it's just, yeah,
1: good for the show, I guess. Like, sure. Just really, <laughs> really going for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was
1: having a great time. I, yeah, I didn't know fun. what to expect, but I just was, and I was like totally. Through threw everything out the window, but was, like, having a great time wondering where it was all going to go.
0: Yeah, well, especially, I you know, I think there is something to be said about the fact that it is just, like, this weird, like, supervillain team-up slash supervillain war that's happening right now, like, on screen. Like, like, that itself is kind of, like, it's one thing if it's, like, chaotic because it's, like, a bunch of superheroes fighting a bunch of supervillains. But, like, the fact that 99% of the characters in here are sort of if not fully on the side of villainy are at least like kind of coded to be going in that direction. You know, like I, I just find that so fascinating. It's so messy. Yeah. It's
1: so messy because, because the Warren side of things is connected to our heroes and the villain side of things. None of them consider themselves villains with maybe the exception of like Adrian Toombs, who doesn't consider himself a villain. Like he was free. Like he considers himself like a reformed man right you know like <laughs> like it's right. it's weird like none of none of this is happening because they're fighting like the people who are actually brawling are like fighting for power it's like a it's it's so bizarre it's like all the pawns basically beating each other up and not even really knowing why
0: it is chaos. It's a beautiful it's mess. Okay. Yeah, beautiful mess. Chaos is it's chaos incarnate, essentially.
1: <laughs> Did you And reference- Spider-Man's in the middle of all of it? Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Almost you almost forget. Like, oh yeah, Spider-Man's here too, isn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Messing stuff up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you mention the line that you wrote down here? I for honestly forgot already if you if you said this. Before.
1: No, I didn't. Because because there's so much going on, like honestly, keeping track of stuff is like it's it, yeah, it's hard. And the next episode next week's is even worse. Like it's so oh hard God, to keep track of everything that's happening. Seriously. But no, like so when Ollie gathers this ragtag group of not villains yet uh together to like fight against these rhinos who like are unwilling villains, uh Spider-Man looks at the group, this group of Otto Octavius, Ollie, Alistair, and Adrian and is like, "Well, that's a sinister-looking group." <laughs>
0: You know what's funny is when I was watching it it didn't even occur to me that it's just like oh yeah I guess it is kind of like a sinister six adjacent thing because it is villains teaming up. Like I didn't even th- it because there's so much happening that I didn't even like think about that being a moment that they were sort of alluding to until they like calls out like the word sinister and I'm like oh yeah I guess that is kind of what they're doing, isn't it?
1: Because arguably <laughs> 2 to 3 of them aren't villains. <laughs> yeah. We just yeah. know that they'll probably turn into villains.
0: It's so, yeah, it's bananas. That's the thing.
1: It's honestly, like, I cannot stress enough how much I like that about the Oz Academy thing. Right? Sure, like, yeah, yeah. Outside of the, like, weird sort of, like, genius tech school things that, like, mm-hmm. we haven't really revis- revisited in a while because the show hasn't really revisited that. Like, I do think... The fact that they're playing with this idea that, like, yes, we know Norman Osborn is a bad guy. Yes, we know he's going to do bad things. But a lot of the teachers and students at Oz Academy are just that. They are just teachers and students. And we happen to know that they probably will become villains. But they're literally just students at the school. Like, Ollie's just a student at the school. (laughs) You know?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Otto is just a point. teacher at the school. Otto's not a bad guy at this yeah, point. He hasn't done anything villainous at all right. at this point. That's a good point. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: So I just think that's really I the fact that they've managed to draw that out and like and and tease that for so long. This idea that like yeah. all the bad guys are here, but they're not bad yet. Like, I don't know. I kind of appreciate it.
0: Yeah, well, it doesn't feel it doesn't really it doesn't feel like artificial, I think. Like there's a time when it sort of feels like it's being like there there are times when you can tell when a show or something is sort of stretching out the origin for a character or something maybe a little too long because they want to save it. It doesn't feel like that here. I think because there have always been so many things that they're juggling that like you can really just like introduce these characters and then kind of put a pause on the progression for a little while and do other yeah. stuff. And then by the time you come back to it, it's just sort of like, yeah, you got this villain school that really has not actually produced that many villains yet right. at all. And so you have a- and so. there's nothing that Spider-Man can really do about it other than to be like, I know that something bad is going to come of this, but like not enough bad has come of it yet for me to do anything about it. What's this sh- shit situation to be in for him, you know?
1: Well, and that's why the, the, the worst he can say about this group is that they're sinister looking. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, he, yeah. He teams up with them. Like he explicitly fights alongside them yeah. to stop the rhinos. Right, like Wild. to take back the school. He even says, "Like, I guess I'm teaming up with you to take back the school." Wild. Like, so it, he he doesn't even consider them bad guys, just that they look menacing, like as a group. So, so it's I don't know. It just it's it's uh, I think it's a really clever way to go about things. I think it's really clever that like their sinister six group starts off as a reformed villain, a little like shithead teenager with a bad dad a guy who worships someone who will become a villain, but isn't yet. And that guy that isn't a villain yet. Like it's just, just, I don't know. It's really clever. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Their fifth member is (laughs) Spider-Man. And while they're basically like taking care of the rhinos, uh, Norman confronts Jackal. uh, And first he like tries to extend an olive branch as this Norman is very want to do. Right. He, he tries to like, do the whole like building a bridge thing so that I can manipulate you later. Sure. Um, he's trying to do that here with the Jackal and jackal is like, no, fuck you, man, and refuses it. And so Norman's like, well, fine, then you're never going to escape this school. And Jackal's like, maybe I never thought I would. Maybe I wasn't trying to. And then starts glowing and reveals himself to be what Norman calls an artificial replabot. <laughs> those uh, are words. <laughs> those are definitely words. With a bomb in his chest. So Jackal is basically like, just a walking bomb like he was just there to create chaos and then blow up Norman I guess how do you uh,
0: write this episode like i don't understand i don't
1: I just, know i don't know and again like weird. it's not that anything they're doing doesn't make sense it just is so wildly unpredictable yeah like from one thing to the next it's just like it, it it's it it moves so fast that you almost have to like stop and be like okay okay
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe that's like I don't know. I'm trying. I'm still trying to sort of parse like why, because like why at the top when we are talking about it, like coming into this, I sort of felt weird about this episode, and I think maybe even more than the coincidence stuff in this, which I'm fine with now that we kind of talked about it a bit. I think beyond that, it is just like the unpredictableness of this episode, which. I think is a good thing. Ultimately, I think this makes this episode fun and in, in a weird way, but I think it also does also make it feel like, I don't want to say like random, but like at a certain point, it almost is like verging on that because it's so like the turns are so fucking bizarre in this. And, and it's not an, and I don't mean that in a way that's bad, just in a way that it's sort of like, almost, like, uncomfortable. Like, I don't really know how I feel about it in the end because it really is just, like, every scene. There's just, like, uh, now there's rhinos. Uh, now there's a whole bunch of supervillains. And there's octobots. And now it's an artificial rep. And now it's the jackal. And now the jackal's an artificial rebel bot. And the rebel bot's a bomb. And the bomb explodes. It's like, can we slow down for a sec? What are you talking What is this episode even about? And, like, at the end of the day, I'm having a blast. Like, I think it's all really fun. It's just, like... I don't even know where I land on it. Cause it's just so fucking much happening right now. Like, I yeah. think that's why I felt weird about it at the top of it. I don't think, I think, I don't think any of it's bad. I think it's just even for this, this show, which often moves very quickly, I guess in terms of plot stuff, I think this is just like one of the most bananas episodes of this show in terms of plotting, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, because I think, I think this show has managed to establish a handful of plots and usually only tackles them one or two at a time. And I think this episode, it doesn't just pull things out of nowhere, but it does pick up like every plot all at once. The only thing it doesn't pick up is like, peter's friends are eventually going to be spider people like it's the only thing this this episode doesn't advance that is established it advances harry and peter's stuff it advances norman's stuff it advances otto's stuff it advances warren's stuff like it advances and it advances it introduces a new character in ollie that it's not bad that they introduce him because he he's used in a way that like pushes some stuff forward, but it just picks up so many plot lines all at one time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think hmm. that's what it, I think that's why it feels so chaotic. That's and again, all of those, all of those strings were already there. Like, like, Raymond Warren's stuff was already there. We knew that this war was brewing. Mm -hmm. We also knew that uh, this was the rise of of Doc Ock. We also knew that Peter and Harry were going to have some sort of friction. We knew that Norman was going to eventually sort of like explicitly reveal himself to be you know, uh, a villain or whatever. I just don't think we would have expected based on what the show's done so far to try to tackle all of them in one episode. And that's what this episode's doing.
0: You really hit the nail on the head there. This is definitely like a convergence point. And I don't, I feel like the way that the show had been a lot of the stuff in this show is kind of a slow burn, you know? Yeah. And so I think that the expectation is that it's either going to be, the end of the season or at the very least the end of an arc like this you know yeah. you'd see things converge in part four so for it to just kind of happen midway through part three of this one arc when there's still like a big chunk of the season left is it, it is very unexpected and and it's not it's not unwelcome it's just like it's almost hard to process because it is so unlike what the show's done so far
1: and again in the middle of an arc called "The Rise of Doc Ock," which I think establishes a very specific expectation about does. what the overall arc is going to be, right? So yeah. I think if you had had a two-parter called "The Rise of Doc Ock" or something else, perhaps that might have been more appropriate, given us the impression that that was sort of concluded, and now now Ock just lives here at Oz Academy, mm-hmm. maybe if not literally, but like is there now? Right? Maybe That's he does. His, I don't know. I don't his, know. Where who is. knows? I don't know. It's a huge <laughs> building, right? Um, <laughs> presumably there there's residents in there somewhere, but if you just let that be the case, then I think I, it still would have been chaotic. This episode's chaotic, no matter what it is bananas. Yeah. Um, but at the very least, like one thing you would have sort of expected to be off the table. It's just, yeah, it's a conversion point. You expect it to be, this is the type of episode you expect to be the penultimate episode of a season. And it's nowhere close to the end of the season. It's like three fourths of the way into the season. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's just, I, I I like it. I, I like what they're doing. I think it's a little much to all take in at once. But when I break down all the pieces that they're moving forward and stuff, like, I am impressed. I'm impressed that they managed to weave all these things together in a way that maybe doesn't feel like it makes sense in the moment. But when you have a chance to stop and look at it, it's like, yeah, I guess it all does make sense, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. I think there's still the question of, like, where is it all leading to? But at this point.
1: Oh, for sure. It all
0: checks out. Yeah. 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 Um, so, after this artificial replobot that's a bomb, it explodes, but Norman manages to, like, escape the brunt of the blast, like, right just in time. So, he's, he's okay. After Spider-Man recognizes the transmitters on the rhinos, and Otto recognizes them as more than genetic mutators, but also mind control devices, the crew is hmm. like, okay, cool. I see what we can do now, so they can just... Remove the little needle things in them, and that removes both the uh, rhino genetic mutation and the mind control. Just like turning everybody back to normal, essentially.
1: Yeah, this is really like a um, magic is science we don't understand yet. Because oh, everything sure. Raymond Warren does is just wizardry.
0: Absolutely, like, he just... puts them under. He puts them under a spell, <laughs> and like polymorphs them, and there you go. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what <laughs> Raymond Warren does. Yeah, it's magic. <laughs> You know, it's comic book science. It's, yeah. you know, that's what this show is. <laughs> yeah. And Norman's like, yeah, you did it. Uh, you guys are great. You are the Osborne commandos. And Otto's like, Osborne commandos? Why is it Osborne? You didn't do anything. <laughs> <Which> I, <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. I love that so much. And then Norman's like, uh, yeah, I did. Um, I destroyed the Jackal. And he doesn't say that he was a robot. So everyone is just sort of like, oh, you just killed that guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Harry is just like, yeah, my dad killed a guy. Awesome. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very like, I didn't, it didn't, I didn't think about that at the time because it's just sort of like, you know, because he doesn't say the word kill or anything. It's just sort of like, I defeated right. him or destroyed him or whatever. But it is just sort of like, oh, everyone just assumes that Norman just straight up killed a guy. <laughs> and they, mm-hmm. I think everybody knows that it's Raymond Warren. So he just killed Raymond Warren. Okay, Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) And Harry's just like, yeah, well, since my dad's a killer, you should also apprehend the jackals partner, Spider-Man. And Norman's like, nah, Spider-Man proved himself. Um, Look how nice of a man I am by agreeing that Spider-Man's actually very cool. And in fact, you should have a spot on the Osborne commandos with him. And the Harry's olive like, branch. yeah, he sends out all branch and Harry's like, my dad is so cool. And Spider-Man's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Bye. And he lit and he leaves, uh, you know, not before being like, by the way, Norman, I know you're faking all of this.
1: Can I ask you a strategy question, a game question, perhaps? Okay. Should Spider-Man have agreed to be part of the Osborne yes, commandos?
0: Absolutely. I think that was <laughs> phenomenally stupid. I'm honestly mad that he didn't because that would have been a fun episode to see.
1: It would like, have been a fun episode. And I feel like from a game strategy standpoint, if this is a game, if this is a game of chess, right? Spider-Man's not on the board yet. Get on yeah. the board. Like, and I, the guy that you're yeah. trying to investigate is asking you to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, Get I, in I there. honestly, I think that I, I and he do, has a backup.
1: He has miles. Right. He's not even alone.
0: <laughs> I do. I do. Actually, I am a little mad at the writers because I think that they shouldn't have dangled that carrot in front of us if they weren't going to going to go through with it, because the idea is too juicy. Like, I don't under like I don't understand why Peter does does. Does why peter turns that down but i also like want to see that as an audience member and i wish that they hadn't even had os osborne offer that because now i'm like mad that that didn't come to fruition you know i
1: (laughs) I get why peter doesn't accept it both in the universe and like from a precedent standpoint he uses the exact same logic he uses when he turns down like the avengers right like i'm gonna i do things a blah 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 but like it's a bad idea. It's a bad move, buddy. Like yeah. and you're right. It's too juicy of an episode not to do. Yeah. It's too good. We just saw how good it was to have the Spider Man working alongside Doc Ock. Yeah. Like to have Spider Man working alongside Doc Ock again. Right. Not just that, but then these other like total goobers in the fact that Vulture's one of them, who mm-hmm. he like explicitly like like yeah. attacked after he was freed from jail. Like it's too just, good. I it would be to too good. That. Way too I'm good.
0: Mad. I'm mad that we don't see that. Why couldn't this be a five-parter <laughs> if they were gonna all make it Rise of Doc Ock? Move the next episode afterwards and make you have a little one in between. That's a fun, uh, fun story with Spidey hanging out yeah. with the villains.
1: Yeah, I'm not like mad at what we got, but I am a little mad we didn't get the ultra. You can't have both necessarily, like, but you could you could do what you're talking about and what they already did. But I also really do want the episode that is just like Peter hanging out at Oz Academy. And learning like what it's like for Otto there. Like that would have been a fun episode too.
0: Especially since you have the precedent that Horizon is being rebuilt. So like he's got the time (laughs) to be at Oz Academy. And I don't think he could have spent
1: a whole week there
0: yeah I don't think I because I I think that I like that idea here and it's like smart to get him in in this situation for this episode but I really don't think they ring enough out of it because I I honestly also would have liked to have seen considering how much of this show is about the dueling schools I would have liked to have seen Peter be there and experience like oh this is what Oz Academy kids have that we don't have a horizon that maybe I like a little bit better or this is the sort of like ways that they are taught versus the ways that I'm taught at horizon and And, you know, maybe I see the benefits of one and and versus the other, or like, maybe I feel like we treat science better at horizon than they do at Oz Academy or something. Like, I think that's the perfect avenue to explore it. And it, I feel like they kind of, I don't know. I feel like they kind of missed the boat on that front. Cause like, it seems like something that the show wants to actually like talk about and do stuff with, and they kind of just like completely avoid that in this episode.
1: I think honestly, this is a thing I wasn't expecting. I mean, I've said so many times. I based on reputation alone, I wasn't expecting to be as into the show as I am. I'm very into the show, but I also wasn't expecting to say this next thing, which is like, it's like an embarrassment of riches. Like they have too many good things happening and too many good possibilities. Like they've almost, and I don't want to say it's a bad thing because I think if you go in one direction, it's good. And if you go in the other direction, it's good. But like they almost set up too much good stuff and don't have enough like episode budget, like not literal budget, but like enough episodes in their season to like do everything that they could in a way that would be really satisfying. I think what we get is, is pretty satisfying and I think probably um, moves more along at once than they could have uh, alternatively. And I don't know, I don't know what, what, you know, I have no idea what they needed to accomplish by the end of one season. Who knows? But like, I get why they go in this direction, but I do not envy the fact that they had all these choices and they had to choose one direction or smash a bunch of directions together and leave other directions on the table. Like, it really is wild that we're sitting here like, I would have loved to see this episode and that episode and this thing and that thing, because genuinely the reputation of the show never would have gave me the indication that I would want all of that.
0: It does, I will say, and this is one of the things that like I hope that I am proven wrong by the time we get to the end of the season. It does have me like a little bit worried because most sure. of the show that we've seen has been in on the macro sense, in terms of like overarching things, it's been a lot of setup and it's a lot of like enticing, like, oh, I'm excited to see where that goes, or oh, I'm excited to see how this eventually ties together. Like there's a lot of that stuff, and they have done a very good job establishing so many different characters and so many different character arcs and so many different places for things to happen and so many different different potential avenues for stories to go down. But then you see an episode like this, where we actually do see a culmination of a lot of things, or at least like movement along that arc, like more extensively than we've ever seen before, or in ways that they would converge that we've never seen before that, like, it has me a little bit worried that maybe they may not be able to stick the landing at the end. Like maybe they are very good at setting stuff up and maybe aren't super good at bringing them together because like, the way that they bring things together in this episode is ultimately like kind of messy. Like it's, it's not bad. I have a, I have a blast, but I don't know that I would want to see a finale that like functions like this, where it's just a bunch of shit happening coming from every single place from every single different story arc thrown into a blender. You know, I think Um, it's
1: hard not to ask the question. If this isn't the finale, what does a finale look like for this show?
0: And I wouldn't be mad if it's sort of a case where like they have a lot of stuff going on. And then, and then this back half of the season is sort of gradually converted converging things, paring it down, and then it pairs back down. So you have one very specific thing in the finale. That's like a result of all the chaos. And that's how they ended on because you can do a dramatic thing like that. Right. I'm hoping that's sort of the direction they go where they sort of just just are converging it until narrowing it down to something really cool. But I don't know. I mean, this, this is the first evidence that we've gotten of how they'll deal with converging plots together. And I don't hate it, but I don't love it either.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think they know how the things need to converge. It's just, it's a matter of, like you said, sticking the landing. Mm -hmm. Like, are you doing your convergence justice? And I think this question, I I think this question is good for an episode like this, because like, I like how their minds see the convergence. I just don't know that it got from their mind to the screen exactly the way that they envisioned it, you know? Like there's a lot of polishing they could have done here. And there's a lot of artfulness that they could have injected or elegance they could have injected that isn't quite here, but the pieces make sense. Like again, it's hard to point to things and say like, that doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
1: So in Spidey's wake, because he is now thwipped off, right? Norman apologizes to Otto. Again, this Norman is very okay with apologizing, but as a manipulation tactic, very important distinction. He apologizes to Otto and he places him at the head of what he calls the Octobots division. Otto does not like this. Immediately rejects it and is like, there is no Octobot division. That's not going to happen. I will not head anything like that because this technology is mine. It's it's part of me. Like I am it. It is me. And Norman is like, well, you probably should have read your contract a little bit more closely because... Anything you work on here does belong to Oscorp, which is shitty and manipulative, but also is like, that's like how the real world works, Otto. Like, yeah, that's it, it whether right or wrong, like th- this isn't like a Norman thing. Yeah. Norman's using it to his advantage, but and, and again, Otto is 19 years old. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I hate that he's just like, should have read your contract.
0: I do what? Uh, yeah, yes. I mean, yes. That's that's all real and good. Very Norman Osborne. I do feel like I don't know. I feel like Norman should know that this is going to provoke Otto, though. Yes, and yes. Like, doesn't he want to keep Otto ooh, in his in his good graces?
1: Like, I have a lot to say about this. It <laughs> feels weird. Here's here is where Norman and we already saw it. Right, this isn't the first time we see it. We saw it earlier in this episode. Norman completely forgets how to handle Otto when he gets what he wants, which is Otto at Oz, right? Mm, So he spent all this time, so much time, like subtly manipulating, and I hate to use the word because it's being used so incorrectly lately, but I think I'm using it correctly here, but like grooming Otto, right? Mm. To be favorable to Osborne Academy and unfavorable towards Horizon High, that once he actually gets Otto there, I think he forgets he has to maintain that. Yeah. Like, and and we saw it when he was the way he was talking to Otto earlier in the hallway and the way Otto reacts to him, Norman's taking for granted the fact that Otto's there. He thinks that the I think he thinks the end goal was just getting Otto there, mission accomplished, and doesn't realize like no, this 19-year-old egomaniacal genius is going to challenge you at every turn. And he does because Norman's no longer feeding his ego. He only fed his ego long enough to get him there. I mean, the fact that Otto openly calls out Norman and says, why would we call the- ourselves after your last name when you did jack shit, buddy? Like the fact that he's even willing to do that to Norman Osborne means Norman's slipping, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I have trouble how I feel about that in 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 if it feels like I like I'm I'm having trouble landing if is if it's like is this meant to be or are we meant to read this as evidence that that Norman is slipping because there's a lot happening or he just really loses sight of things when she once he gets what he wants or is this just like when I first watched it it felt like a bad writing thing and I don't want to just blame it on that like feel like it's it just feels like it's sort of the the dichotomy of Norman subtly manipulating Otto and then once he has him that it's just like well now I'm just going to show you that I'm evil and just treat you like shit like that that almost feels like like a break like an inconsistency like writing wise well Um, you know I don't know the problem
1: is we don't have another thing I don't think to point to to say that he does or doesn't do this right like do we know any other characters relationships with Norman intimately enough to know if this is out of or in character for this particular Norman. Yeah. You would expect a Norman Osborn to be better than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if this Norman is mm-hmm. just like mission accomplished moving on or not. Like, I, I I don't know. I'm not saying he is or isn't. I just don't yeah, know yeah. if we've seen anything else to to support it or not. I'm trying I to think he, of other people. He, like
0: He is a Norman that does drop the facade when he wants to, though, even when it maybe wouldn't have been smart to. Like he really has no reason to ever drop his facade to Spider-Man. Honestly, like every time he's ever like, I will get you Spider-Man. I'm going to kill you. He has literally no reason to do that. Honestly, sure. like he would be better off if he always just like put on a happy face to Spider-Man because that would fuck with Spider-Man and he would have no proof, you know, like Norman never knows the Spider-Man's ever going to be recording his voice. Like mm-hmm. there's no reason for him to, 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 to ever like drop the facade. So if, Thinking about it that way, I guess like this isn't this isn't the sort of perfect diabolical mastermind Norman that we may have seen in other iterations where he isn't ever going to drop the facade. This is one where there is precedent for him to drop the facade either in moments of weakness or when it is something that like he really does feel strongly about or maybe in the case with Otto where it's just like. I got this in the bag and it all went perfectly for me. And it was easy. Like I got this guy here. I don't care about him anymore. I've got his research. Maybe that's all like, who knows? Like all, all that we know, all that we know with him getting Otto over to Oz Academy so far is that it seems like he maybe was just doing it just to have ownership over Otto's research. Maybe once he has all of his tentacle stuff, like he doesn't necessarily really need him or care if he's there or not, you know?
1: Yeah, I would like to see something outside of his relationship with Otto to reinforce that. Uh, yeah, because I think it's I think it's noticeable that he shifts the way he interacts with Otto once Otto goes to Oz Academy. Uh, but is that a him and Otto thing? Is that just a him thing? Right. Uh, is it a flaw of his, or or like you said, does it suggest bad writing? Like, are the writers satisfied now that Otto's there? I don't know that I would necessarily go that far, because this is a four-part Rise of Doc Ock, and it doesn't forget about that. So I think that, that they, I think this is all part of how they are viewing the relationship breakdown between Norman and Otto. Uh, but it would have been a stronger... A, it, it it will be stronger, or could have been stronger, if we if we'd seen Norman do this exact thing with someone else. If we had seen like him, if we if we'd seen any sort of follow up with like Herman, or once he got Adrian to work for him, or like I, I wish I could remember more about his interaction with Smythe, because that would be helpful. But the the problem with that was like when we saw Smythe doing things, Norman was still in the background he was sort of pulling strings as opposed to in the, in the foreground for us, you know? So I don't know if his interactions with Smythe ever would have like drastically changed. So I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud at this point, but um, hopefully we see something similar to this. So it's not just an auto thing.
0: Yeah. And you know, I mean, it it is, it is like, I feel like points to this show that like, we feel the need to have that kind of in-depth conversation. Like when they're like, I feel like I could see plenty of people watching the show and write off the Norman Otto thing as an inconsistency and just be like, well, that was just an inconsistency. But the fact that we're sort of like, yeah, but I trust the show more to maybe be doing something more with that. You know, yeah. I think that that's kind of evidence that the show generally does really well with how it handles its yeah. characters. Well,
1: at the very, very least has very, very good ideas that they're trying to execute. Cause I remember yeah. like early yeah. when we were talking about the show, A lot of our, like, criticism was, like, we see your good ideas, you just didn't nail it, right? So it's possible uh that that's what this is, too. I do think the fact that Norman's response is basically a business decision. Like, you signed the contract, therefore I own you. Like, I do think that is indicative of how we're supposed to think Norman is viewing the situation, right? It's not like he... Like I think there's something to that. I think the fact that that's what he points to is supposed to inform us. I just hope there's more down the line that informs that same characteristic. Yeah, because then he just turns into sort of that like skeezy, like do anything to to like um like seal the deal type of guy, mm. and like that's the end goal is like I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to sign the contract and then whatever you know. Yeah, I want that line to mean a little bit more because their ideas are good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I trust them.
0: Yeah, yeah. They've earned our trust at this point. So in the aftermath, Harry checks in on uh, on Peter, and he's like, Hey, Peter, so, you know, I'm hoping this whole thing proved that, like, Norman's a good guy, because, like, he's a good guy, right? He did, like, literally kill the jackal, so that means he's a good guy, right? Uh, no, he doesn't go like that. But it is just sort of like, Norman's a hero, you know? This whole thing was a mess, and he, like, solved the problem and saved the day. And uh, he even sort of cites Norman, like, offering Spider-Man a spot on the commandos, which in his defense is like a pretty cool thing to do. If you don't know that Norman's a bad guy. So uh, he, he's trying to be like, Peter, obviously my dad's a good guy. And Peter's like, okay, well, I actually found proof that your dad's a terrible person. And so he takes Harry to that room that he previously saw that had like the spider killer missile launcher and stuff in it. He's like, there it is. But of course, I think we alluded to it earlier in the whole kerfuffle, everything, everything was completely destroyed. All the ox stuff, all the spider killer stuff, literally everything is in rubble. There's, I guess, not even like the slightest bit of evidence, which is all vaporized or whatever. Um, It's, it's a little, (laughs) this is,
1: this is where like, I like, I like the idea of establishing that peter is going to be so bad at communicating this stuff that it doesn't matter how much you give him i don't necessarily love that like the reason he can't communicate this to harry isn't his own fault but just like everything was destroyed and is rubble now like it would have been better if norman were suspicious and the room were just empty because then peter could at least be like what the fuck? I swear to God, Harry, there was stuff in here before. You know, like that would have felt more Parker luck like or no. like Peter's Peter's sort of brand of uh terrible coincidence than, than sure. just like Oh, everything was destroyed and is unrecognizable as anything that might be incriminating.
0: Well, what, what, what bothered me? I didn't like this either. Like then when Harry's like, okay, well, did you find evidence that my dad, like, uh, you know, frame me to get me kicked out of horizon high, which, you know, Peter never found <laughs> where that would be. Like that wasn't even part of what he found. He's just like, yeah, I assume it probably got destroyed with everything else. I'm like, why, why do you assume that? Do you think that that was housed in the secret room with the spider killer? Research? Yeah, you never found that. I don't understand why that came up. You can still look for the, you can still look for the server or something. I don't know. It was very weird.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't love this. I I like the idea. Like I like I like the concept, right? But I don't love this piece of it. I don't think this part was executed well. Yeah. I get where they yeah. they came from, and I I don't know that I would have. I, I think it would take me a long time to come up with a better idea, given what just happened in the episode and how bananas everything was. Uh-huh. So I can understand how they how this is where they ended up, but sure. I don't love it. This is the artfulness I'm talking about that isn't necessarily here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good ideas, not great execution. I mean, obviously, like the the argument that we expect to happen happens with the whole, like, I know what I saw kind of stuff. And Harry's like, okay, you know, you're showing up, throwing out these vague accusations. You never have any proof. And all of it's kind of in defense of Spider Man. So I don't understand why you care so much about Spider Man. And then Peter great is like, point. "It is a good point." Yeah, great point, Harry. <laughs> oh, but Peter, of course, does like the best possible thing in the scenario, right? Because um, <laughs> he says, "Harry, the absolute truth." This phrasing of the absolute truth is, "My loyalty is to you, not Spider Man." Uh, okay, couple things. Yeah, one,
1: I really, really love that they both. And this is what I was talking about earlier. Even when they were just at breakfast, I love that they argue the exact same thing. Peter says, "I know what I saw," and Harry says, "I also know what I saw." Yeah, like yeah. I yeah. know, like just as convinced as you are, I am. You know, I just yeah. like that. I think that that moment really. Like, illustrated to me, like, oh, yeah, they're both doing the same thing, even well, it's, though it's easy to pick a side. They're both doing the same thing. Neither one of them can prove anything they're claiming.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing, too. They're just counting
1: on their best friend to believe them.
0: And they're, I think that's a, that's a nice improvement over, like, a, the very typical Harry Osborn story, because I think so often the Harry Osborn hatred of Spider-Man, like... Is often like forced to a point where it's just like, well, dude, now you're just being stubborn. Like, right. come on. And and I do think that they have the one thing they have done very elegantly throughout the entire show is sort of like weave in this Harry Osborn that has like good reasons for progressively like disliking Spider-Man more and more and more and more and only getting more and more evidence for his perspective to reaffirm his perspective that his dad's good and his- and Spider-Man's bad. Like he's constantly getting that over and over again through the misunderstandings and stuff like that. And through his father's machinations. So I like, I fully understand why Harry doesn't trust Spider-Man because he really has been given no other option other than that at this point.
1: Well, and we've said it so many times it, it really worked wonders on the overall relationship that they spent time establishing that Harry and Peter Really, truly, genuinely are best friends and that they both try very hard to make sure that their friendship is maintained. Harry really tries very hard to understand Peter, right? So he doesn't even in this moment, he he appeals to Peter and says, like, just like, why just I just help me understand why you care so much, you know, like as 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 bad as they are at communicating, they're also sometimes really good at it in a way that other iterations just don't, they just don't spend time establishing. Yeah. Anyway, but, but, but the other thing is that like they do the fake out thing and this is, I, I'm going to say right now, I'm I'm going to get tired of it by the time we're done talking about next week's episode, but they do another fake out where it's like, Spider-Man's going to tell somebody that he's Spider-Man. And this is, this is one of them right here where he's like, <laughs> the absolute truth is but this, in this case, it pays off in a way that I really like. Uh, we haven't said how yet, but yeah. this one at least does pay off in a way that I really like.
0: Yeah, yeah. He also reiterates, however, that but <sighs> even if even if I'm a little you not Spider Man, if Norman is willing to threaten Spider Man's life, then he's crossed a line.
1: He's got to stop with this. I understand. I think you've made a good point that like Norman literally walked out and was like, I destroyed Jackal. So everybody should understand that Norman is willing to kill somebody. But I think in the superhero world, everybody was sort of like, yeah, that was a bad guy though, right? So it's fine. Yeah. But I really do. Peter's got to drop this. This is not working like this. I, I don't. And I don't know why he think it's, thinks it's going to work because he doesn't have proof mm-hmm. that Norman wants to kill Spider Man. That's the whole crux of the argument.
0: And Harry still doesn't like him anyway. So like, he, he would really, right? Yeah, if, I'm sure that Harry isn't bloodthirstily trying to kill Spider Man or anything at this point. But like, I don't. I think he's made it very clear that he doesn't yeah. really. You wouldn't really care if something yeah. happened to him. <laughs> but
1: but here's the thing. This is what I was talking about. With like, they've established that these two try very hard to remain best friends. Peter does the thing again where he says, but Harry, you've got to understand that people aren't always who they seem to be. And this shouldn't work (laughs) because it's an annoying thing to say, right? Like to be like, oh, it's condescending, honestly, for him to continue saying this to Harry.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Especially about his own fucking dad. Yeah,
0: it's his dad. And and he doesn't. And like you said earlier, like he doesn't really have seemingly that bad of a relationship with his dad in this show.
1: No. There have been like a couple moments here and there, but ultimately Norman's so good at manipulating people uh, that, like Harry doesn't really see that, you know, yeah. like he doesn't yeah. see it that way he he has a relationship with his dad where sometimes he's mad at his dad, oh that's that's just a horrible relationship, right? no, it's a normal relationship, yeah, you know, so but but this is here's the thing, like Harry again is like pretty cool about it, he's like, okay, okay, peter, here's the th- you're being so adamant about it. here's the deal, if my best friend you says that you're seeing something, I don't, no matter how crazy it might sound. Maybe I will look a little closer at things. And maybe that includes looking a little bit closer at Spider-Man. Peter does not deserve Harry. Peter does not deserve how kind Harry is being to him in this moment. It's a very mature, mature perspective to have, too. Because he's not necessarily saying, like, okay, I, I, I get it. I'm with you. I believe you. He's just simply saying, like, I see that you care this much about it. I'm willing to hear you out or try to understand where you're coming from, which I would argue he's been doing this whole episode. The fact that he even brought Peter to Osborne Academy to try to get him to see his side of things like Harry's being a very good friend. Um, But this is classic, right? Like if, if Peter were just willing to say, Harry, I'm Spider-Man and Norman has tried to kill me. Like it would be a very different story, but like, that's the whole thing. Peter can't tell him the whole truth and Harry can be entirely truthful and that's going to cause a rift
0: yep this doesn't last long man oh my god
1: i didn't see this coming and it absolutely
0: broke my heart it's out of nowhere, but I mean, this whole everything that happens in the episode is it comes out of nowhere, but like this is, it, but it, I it is we were it's done. in a good, it's in a good, like, <laughs> it's a devastating kind of gut punchy kind of way because like so many episodes of this show have ended with Peter and Harry having some kind of disagreement and maybe uh-huh. not necessarily agreeing, but then being like, but it's cool that we're still best friends, so we're gonna stay best friends. That's exactly right. what happens here. They're gonna walk off into the sunset, go get some smoothies, and then go home, and they'll be fine by next week, uh, but except we don't get to see them go get smoothies. Because before they can even leave the building, they literally just, like, walked out of the room and are in the hallway seconds after having this reconciliation. Uh. And Otto's like, oh, hey, what's up? Uh, by the way, Peter, how's, um, you know, how's your business associate? Weird that, like, trouble seems to follow him, right? Uh, which... If you don't remember, uh, was it last week or the week before Otto figured out or deduced that Peter made Spider-Man's tech? So he knows that Peter works for Spider-Man, or at least that's what he thinks, right? And he says as much. He's just like, yeah, you know how you like work for Spider-Man, make tech for Spider-Man. And And here he's like...
1: Otto's not doing anything wrong here, no. other than maybe saying it in front of somebody that pe- like like Peter. I don't know if they explicitly agreed that Otto wasn't allowed to talk about this, right? right? So right. Otto's just literally being like, he's Otto's saying exactly what you, Derek, were saying earlier, which is like pretty wild that you were here on this day where everything went absolutely bonkers. <laughs> That's literally all he's doing. Like he's yeah. literally just saying like wild that you were here, he's but actually not maybe not because your business associate, am I right? Yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> defending Otto in this moment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> For yeah, sure. I mean, fine. <laughs> yeah, He didn't do anything wrong. I mean, you know, like, yeah, he maybe could have been more tactful about it, but it's Otto. He never is. Otto, so, like, it's fine. Right, he's
1: never tactful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, you know, Peter did just tell Harry the absolute truth is my loyalty <laughs> isn't to Spider-Man. And now Harry's immediately found out, Oh, Peter literally, like works with Spider-Man. He literally makes Spider-Man's cool gadgets. Like that's about as loyal to Spider-Man as you can possibly be.
1: And Otto knows this. One of his teachers knows this. And I, (laughs) his best friend does not know this. Yeah. All the conversations we've had about whether Spider-Man's a good guy or a bad guy. And I just asked him why he cares so much. And he never mentioned that Spider-Man uses his
0: technology. He said the absolute truth. Is that my loyalty is not to Spider-Man. Yeah, it's it's wild. And the thing is, like, you know, I mean, Peter is constantly looking people in the in the eye and lying straight to their face all the time. And, you know, we accept it as just being a part of the superhero secret identity thing. But like. That is a shitty thing to do arguably, you know, at least from some perspectives.
1: It's a shitty thing to do and this particular Peter, I would argue lies if not more than other Peters, like he lies in circumstances where he absolutely just does not need to. He
0: really like he's does. just
1: and I think part of it is he's a little bit more scatterbrained than some of the Peters that we talk about. He's a little less wise than some of them we talk about. The show allows him to be a little bit of an idiot, but like we talked about when he lied to Max, he had no reason to lie to Max. There was no reason to do that. He could have told Max the absolute complete truth about what happened with the uh with the Venom symbiote and he just lied. He just and then he lied to all his friends about it and didn't need to. So yeah. it's just I think he just has a problem. I think he's I think he has a hard time. This Peter has a hard time separating where the sort of like quote necessary superhero lies are from like I, I he he needs he needs to have sort of like a reckoning with his own lying uh, where somebody confronts him and says, like, I get that you would lie about you being Spider-Man. I don't get why you would lie about this other thing that's completely unrelated to you being Spider-Man. Like, he needs that moment because cause he's going to keep doing this shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Harry's like, you're right. Pete. People aren't always who they seem to be. Uh, which, you know, I, I, I like how that kind of ties right back to uh, what Peter was telling him. And it's all t- true. <laughs> like, and, and honestly, like... I don't blame Harry for being mad. Is
1: it is it the nicest way to present what he was saying? No. He's very clearly throwing Peter's words back in his own face. But, like, rightfully so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, I play a space for him. It's like he's pissed. Uh-huh. And it's just like, yeah, you're. I mean... They, they are. You told me this,
1: Peter. You told me this over and over in the most condescending way. You told me this.
0: Yeah. How this, dare you? <laughs> Isn't <laughs> like, Harry that's like kept secrets from Peter no. either? You know, like yeah. They, they've set up the, the. I think the best part of this show up to this point has been just the Peter Harry dynamic. Like, Incredible. I think it seemed like that from day one, and it's it has only. Continued to be strong, if not gotten better, and I really, I didn't expect things to come to a head in the way that they have. So you know, so early, I really felt like this would be a whole season-long thing, and and it would maybe fall apart at the end of the season. But like, I mean, this this is a major fracture here. I feel like, like I, I don't think they're gonna walk back on this. Uh, at least not, not, not. I anytime don't think soon. so. At least not anytime soon. So. <laughs> Yeah. Look,
1: I, I I think this is probably a, for a lot of people who are, if, if there are folks who are just listening to this and aren't watching this show, but know a lot of other Spider Man stuff, or they just know Spider Man things, or maybe they don't even like this show very much, but they're listening to us talk about it, this oh, could thanks. be a wild thing for them to hear. I think that, the, and, and it shouldn't be surprising based on how we've talked about it, this show absolutely like annihilates almost every other, if not every other, like, version of the Harry-Peter relationship I've ever consumed. Oh, dude. Like, see, what it just abs- it, Like, yeah. watching this yeah. one makes me look back on all the ones that I had consumed before it and been like, wait, all of you kind of fucked it up, like, pretty hard. Like, and I wouldn't have even known it necessarily because I was taking for granted what it could have been, I think. Like, it just, what, like, I think the Harry-Peter relationship just was what it was in however many permutations. And then this came along and I was like, oh, shit. Like, you could have really... You could have really like hurt us with this. Yeah. And this is the only one that really did it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I mean it, it is kind of wild because there, there is just something really I think so powerful and there's so much you can mine from like the superhero's best friend whose dad is a supervillain and the superhero or, and the best friend hates the superhero and the best friend eventually turns to villainy. Like there is just so much to that story. And I know like you know the original comics, there's more to it than that. Like it wasn't like it started off with Harry being Peter's best friend, but like anytime there's ever been an adaptation of it, it's always distilled it to that, right? Like Harry Osborne is Peter Parker's best friend. Isn't it tragic the way that the supervillain stuff and Green Goblin stuff ends up, the direction that goes in a way that ruins their friendship?
1: And I think because we all get what that would be like, we're like, yeah, that is tragic.
0: Wow. But we never see that with like until this show, we really have never seen that on screen in this way. Even like, like I properly
1: love, built up and yeah, then torn
0: down. I love I love to death the Harry Osborn in Spectacular Spider-Man sure. as a, as an individual character, but in terms of his relationship to Peter, in that show that relationship is always a little rocky. And I think that because the show wasn't really interested in like the degrading of the Harry and Peter relationship. Right. Honestly, if anything, I think the benefit of it was sort of playing a bit of the soap opera of it, of like the Harry, Gwen, Peter dynamic and stuff. Yeah. I think it was more interested in that than like the actual best friendship between Harry and Peter. It's because the show just wasn't focused on that. And that's fine. I think the show is very effective for what it does. But if you look at any other version they are trying to tell... 90s shows always trying to hitch over the head of how Harry is Peter's best friend despite them not seeming to ever like each other. <laughs> like, yeah, this really... Yeah. And, and none of the movies have ever And the done movies it all
1: just they just tell you they're like we were best yeah. friends and you're like, like I guess
0: yeah like no not in a million years would James Franco and Tobey <laughs> Maguire have ever been best friends in high school that didn't happen I'm sorry that yeah. never happened like and the
1: amazing one is just maybe the oh, worst
0: we don't even want to talk about that <laughs> it's, um,
1: it's terrible
0: <laughs> so yeah and it is wild because I, I, I do think that so many adaptations have just sort of leaned a little too much on your predisposed knowledge of like well yeah of course they're best friends and now oh, it's sad that he's a super villain yeah you know like they are
1: so i guess
0: and I, I i think that this show really benefited from not making any romantic stuff the center of it at, at these beginning stages so the the most the, the the closest you have to like a romantic love interest story is peter and harry's friendship Like that, that is, that is Peter's real life, real world emotional connection that we're seeing related to a Spider-Man story. And it allows them to really, really focus and hone in and make this like degradation of this like really beautiful friendship that we really love seeing on screen, like really impactful when you see it go badly.
1: In this show, there is no deeper relationship for Peter Parker. He has no relationship deeper in this show. We know there's an Aunt May, right? We know Mm. that his mentorship with Max Modell means a lot to him, but there is no more consistently deep relationship he has than he does with Harry Osborn in this show. Yeah. That's remarkable. It, like that is, remarkable, that is very yeah. noteworthy, uh, a noteworthy thing the show does. <laughs> and it's
0: weird. Cause I just, I, I don't think we've really seen anything like it in a Spider-Man cartoon that we've watched because so many of them are so much more interested in either the father figure stories or the love interest stories. And those are all good, which are probably fundamentally
1: more quote, Peter Parker, you know they
0: are. But if you're doing a million Spider-Man shows, you know, like you're going to want to be different, right? So hone in on something different, and they did. And we really have never seen a true, like, authentic best friend story for Peter, which is like, I have no issues if 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 you ship Peter and Harry romantically. I I think that's totally valid. But in terms of the story that they're specifically telling, there is a particular dynamic that is different when it's established childhood best friends yeah. versus a girl that peter likes you know what i mean or a father that peter's trying to live up to or something Mm -hmm. like that is a very different dynamic to have that they're that they're utilizing and i think it makes the emotional core of this show feel so much more distinct than any other show we ever watched
1: yeah i also I, i i also i echo what you say like it's totally fine to ship them i don't really care but i do think it is really worth noting that there aren't really that many like really great representations of like two teenage boys who communicate in the way that Peter and Harry do sometimes about their friendship. I don't know. Like, I think that's noteworthy. Like, I think it's something really cool to see. Right. And like, (laughs) I, I'm glad the show did it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know. They, they communicate in a way that like, is is uh they they fuck it up but they also like try really hard and they openly try really hard and they like openly reaffirm their friendship with each other uh very regularly Mm -hmm. i don't know i think it's nice
0: yeah it's it's a thing that i'm i'm very happy that there are like little kids yes who watched that and saw that on screen yes
1: exactly exactly yeah. Very, very cool. And and if you're wondering why we're talking about it so much, it's because we knew we were going to get to this point, and we finally arrived. Yeah. <laughs> We've arrived at the at the rift.
0: Didn't expect <laughs> it to happen in The Rise of Doc Ock no. Part 3 well, of 4, but. <laughs>
1: Need I point to my comments earlier in the episode about uh-huh. how this arc was titled?
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, there's one more scene. We haven't even talked about there this.
1: sure is and this is what i'm talking about okay this is exactly what i'm talking about because the the last scene is spider-man sitting outside of harry's lab and he asks himself is me lying to harry about being spider-man any less wrong than norman lying to harry about what he's doing and i think that's a really important question to ask it's what you and i were talking about right like we know that that based on how everything's framed and what they value and what they fight for that like Spider-Man is our good guy, right? He's the one we're going to root for most of the time. Mm -hmm. But I think there's, I think it's a important question to ask. This is a question that Miles Morales himself has asked to Peter Parker (laughs) is, is lying to the people I care about worth it? You know? Mm -hmm. And then, and then he, within the same episode that he already faked us out, says that he needs to tell Harry the truth. He needs to tell Harry that he is Spider-Man. And I'm like, okay, okay. Like, is this show going to draw this out even further? Are they going to have this be once <laughs> one moment too late and play on that right like now somebody who doesn't like peter or doesn't trust peter also knows that he's spider-man like what what route are they gonna go because this could be really interesting maybe they'll pick it up in the next episode but no he's just like but i can't and i was like fuck it well then don't say that yeah like, don't do the
0: stop i don't i don't like the fake out i will say i do like the reasoning that they give him which is yeah. basically like i know Right, no, I know. I hate the fake out too. I think it sucks. I think it really. Sucks. I think and I the, only show, and the, like shows, the reasoning. The show has done it before too. I think the show just does it too much in general. Outside, even outside of this episode, and this episode doesn't. Yeah,
1: I don't inherently dislike a fake out or him wrestling with and ultimately deciding not to. But it does it a lot. It does. The show, it show just does too much. too
0: much, and it's always for the sake of the audience, not for anyone else. But, I mean, his reasoning for not doing it is because, like, basically a fear that Harry could be collateral damage in this war with Norman, essentially, because it's sort of like, well, if Norman was, like, willing to just sort of, like, like fuck over his son's life by framing him, getting him kicked out of his and getting him kicked out of his school just for, like, his own weird ends, like, if he found out that his best friend was Spider-Man, like... What would he do to Harry just to like get to spider man like I can't risk that, you know, and and I think that that's really smart,
1: I get that, but he's also assuming that Norman will find out what Harry knows, and it's not unreasonable to assume that Norman might or could or whatever mm, that's true, but him just telling Harry, especially if he's really careful about it, doesn't necessarily mean that Norman's going to find out that Harry's best friend is Spider-Man. It does put Harry in, a, in an uncomfortable or dangerous position, but he already he's already putting Harry mm. through a lot. That's true. So like Although- I, I I it's it's <laughs> it's consistent. It's 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 a uh self-destructive thing Peter Parker does, right? Is <laughs> like is is stay close to people that he cannot tell for fear of putting them in danger, but then stays nearby to them enough like we he even questioned this I think in was it the MTV show where he was like why do I follow these people around so much am I just putting them in danger by following them around like yeah it's it's a thing that he does so it's not inconsistent with like a precedent for Peter Parker but there was a part of me that was like Norman doesn't have to know though
0: counterpoint though yes this you could argue that this is a bit of growth moment for Peter because this whole episode he's been showing up been been very like forward with harry and like throwing out this information to try to convince him as soon as he learns it but always doing it without any proof and this could be his moment of just being like i could just do what i've been doing this whole episode and just storm in there and be like okay i'm gonna try to solve this problem by saying i'm spider-man this solves everything right except i don't have any proof that your dad's trying to kill me and now you're already mad at me and you and now i've shown you that i'm lying even more like him recognizing that because it's not a moment
1: where harry is favorable to spider-man because it would be like he couldn't even sit there and say like norman's trying to kill me i'm spider-man he's trying to kill me because harry could literally be like he just offered you a position as one of his like soldiers
0: and like so he's you know he's been very bad at relaying this information throughout the whole episode so this is sort of like you know what no i shouldn't do this right now i need to figure out what to do later on Once I have all this straight, I, I wish that they maybe would point out like, I need to gather evidence to convince you or something like that. Cause I do think that's been the one big piece is that like, he just hasn't been able to give Harry any solid proof. Obviously that's what he's got to do before he can out himself a Spider-Man. Like I do wish that they maybe made that a little bit clear in his like little final monologue, but yeah. I think you could argue oh, that that's man. sort of the final piece to what's been going on with Peter this episode.
1: What if that's where it went? What if that's where their relationship went? Where like there was a, a stretch of episodes or even a whole season or whatever the case is, where like Peter just knew Harry was going to fucking hate him, but he just like weathered it while he was trying to do right where he did wrong to sort of like aid that schism in the first place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, you could really like, you could really build upon that.
0: It could happen. We don't know if that might, that might be where the season goes. I have no it idea. Could.
1: You know? I, I'd be surprised if it did, but I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. It does. The episode does end with, with Spider-Man saying kind of like, I guess to Harry, but not directly to Harry. I won't give up trying to convince you who is on the side of right and wrong, which I think you're right. It could be him choosing not to charge in and tell Harry could be a moment of growth. I think he needs to break down this line a little bit and be like, yeah. "I think, I think you need to see it a little bit differently, buddy." But okay, yeah. like, I'm glad that you're not willing to give up. Baby steps. It's baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he is a like 14, 15 year old baby. Baby superhero.
0: Yeah. Baby superhero. <laughs>
1: Well, a couple uh a couple of faces here. Uh Otto is not in part three a whole lot, but uh if he's in an episode, especially now, now that he's like a, a full full fully developed character, uh, he will deliver when he's given the opportunity. And in this case, the face he makes at Norman when Norman suggests uh improvements on Otto's uh arms is just so funny to me. Where he's just like either bored or like in disbelief or wh- <laughs> it's just a face he's never made before. Yeah. Uh, and it's very funny to
0: me. Yeah. He's normally like very stern faced most of the time. So it is funny when it's just like,
1: huh? huh? Yeah. That's exactly what it's. <laughs> that's exactly the sound. Both what you and I did exactly the sound I expect that's him funny. to make. That's great. Huh? Like he's just so confused that Norman would even suggest. Um, also, we never mentioned this and I don't know that I noticed it necessarily until this episode. Otto's. Not harness. What is it called? The thing that actually is fused to him? Because his arms, in a lot of iterations, it's like the actual like metal thing that he wears that the arms are attached to. Yeah, his goes all the way up to and around his neck in it's this like a collar. Yeah, he has like a full-on collar, and I don't know really? why I didn't notice it. Maybe because he normally wears a turtleneck. Mm-hmm. What a fashionable guy. Um, <laughs> that I never really noticed it, but yeah, it's like a it like goes all the way up and around his neck. It's like. Yeah feel bad. Like that's a lot of, that's a lot of
0: machinery to a have a lot of machinery yeah. to
1: have to navigate.
0: Yeah. I mean, he seems, he seems like he's kind of acclimated to it by this episode. It's just he, like, All right,
1: he has, cool. he's in pretty good spirits about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really, I can't stress enough how much I love this Otto Octavius and, and just the fact that like, I, I, I touched on it a little bit, but the fact that Otto like considers his arms to be an extension of him, mm-hmm. I think is a really cool thing for a character to sort of almost explicitly say, yeah. Uh, because I don't think a lot of people realize that like, when it comes to, uh, like things that people need for mobility or their body or what, like mm-hmm. to, to navigate the world, like that's an extension of them. And a lot of people like to yeah. not treat it as such is, is as insulting as like not considering a part of somebody's body. So it's, there's just a lot of cool things that they do either intentionally or sort of indirectly mm-hmm. with Otto that I really appreciate in this iteration
0: yeah yeah that's a really that's a really cool perspective on that actually i like that yeah. a lot
1: and then the other uh the other one i just thought was funny i peter's hair in the show is weird all the time i can't really make sense of it yeah i, I don't is he supposed to have curly hair like i don't understand hair i in always the show. Just
0: assumed it's just supposed to be a lot of hair and it's all messy is, is what that what it is? I, I what it I is that's probably what it is i think that's all it is i think yeah. this
1: still supports that because when he's upside down it just sort of all like falls like up i guess because he's upside down Mm -hmm. i just thought it was funny because it's like the exact shape of like a super saiyan from dragon ball uh when he's upside down and you never Mm -hmm. really see that because he's usually right side up
0: yeah you actually in general you see a lot of peter doing spider-man things when he's not spider-man like when he's civilian peter which i always think is kind of neat when you see Mm -hmm. that in cartoons yeah me too Mm -hmm. he does it a lot in this episode he really does (laughs) Was sneaking around finding evidence that he Ugh, never actually brings to if, anyone. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I guess he did find evidence. He just yeah couldn't couldn't uh, deliver it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we said a lot about this episode. Do you have any other closing thoughts on this one?
0: No, it was a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's it's
1: a bananas episode. It tackles so much. I think we examined exactly why it it felt like a lot along the way. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Could have used more auto, but not actually because there was too much happening in this episode to begin yeah, with. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's, it's fun. It's fun to watch uh, a lot to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Well, luckily we enjoy talking and uh, we do that here on the weekly show, but also over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash snappers where there is bonus content, uh, lots more of us talking. So if you like to hear us talk a whole lot, there's like over a hundred more episodes of us talking over on Patreon and most of them are accessible at just a dollar per month which means over the course of a year you're paying less for a whole year of us than you would for like a month of netflix anyway mm-hmm. um you can also check out our discord uh, there should be a link in the show notes if you can't find it just let us know uh, you can also find us individually all over the internet derek where can people find you and the things you are working on
0: Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast Gimmicks, which looks at the high-concept, structure-breaking, experimental gimmicky episodes of television with a new guest and a new show every week. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts as well as on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. What about you, Doug?
1: You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to my bi-monthly podcast, Novel Gaming, with my friends Katie and Vicky, uh, where we catch up on all the media we've been consuming lately. And if you like Pokemon stuff, every once in a while, I drop a Pokemon episode here on the 4 Radio Network. That's called Victory Road. Um, And you can uh, check out what we are doing over there wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want a bit more even from Derek and me Uh, But not about Spider-Man. You can listen to our monthly podcast, Falling with Style. It's an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on Toy Story 4 is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Please visit our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com for a full archive of all the episodes Derek and I are doing together. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wallopingwebpod. You can also email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Whatever you'd like. We love a good email. uh, And we love a good rating and review. So please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms. Uh, If you like what we're doing here, somebody else will too. And they just haven't found us yet. And those ratings and reviews help people Uh, Find us in search results when they're searching for Spidey content next week. I bet you'll never guess what next week's episode is called. And I bet you'll never guess which character is rising uh, in that episode. It's Doc Ock, uh, the conclusion of this arc in the rise of Doc Ock part four.
0: Ooh, he's rising. Bye. Bye.